and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm Slade. And John is taking a break today. And of course, Kathy is still taking her good long sabbatical. Um, but I asked Slade to come on today because on episode 228, we're going to be talking about I'll allow that. And when we mean I'll allow that, we're talking about RPG games. What you should allow and what you shouldn't allow as a GM and what you shouldn't shouldn't worry about on uh, being a player. How much is too much? You know, what you should do. Because there are some rules that you should and shouldn't break. Um, but it, it's a fine line. So that's what our episode is going to be about today. Before we do that, we got to get to the business. Uh, we want to thank Turbo Dork, one of our awesome sponsors. It's going to be at Warfare Weekend. If you like metallic paints or color shifting paints, go check them out. We want to thank Midnight Heroes, of course, being as awesome as they are with their chibi game they got coming out. They have also chibi miniatures and normal miniatures and also a paint line. They will be at Warfare Weekend, too. Um, <laughs> we want to thank Muse on Minis. Uh, if you've been trying to follow our podcast, Muse on Minis has taken down their... Um, site right now just because uh, they're redoing it because they got a security violation uh someone backdoored their link to a prescription um site so they took it down they're rebuilding it back up so you may have to wait on that uh mini masterworks we want to thank john for all the help he does where you can get all cool stuff do have a code for them so if you do use it you can get 10 percent off the store um and parabellum war games they make the game conquest where they just released uh their first blood two rules which are their skirmishing rules so um you can go check them out they're really cool and we also have a discount for them um you can find it out on our page or a link will be popping up in chat anytime soon um i think i got everybody man i'm getting used to spouting that pretty quickly it's almost like you knew what you were doing no fuck that <laughs> i said almost i said almost i never what was somebody was like I, i'm just gonna say this it was kind of funny uh so i'm now towards eight o'clock um before i can take my ears off thank you xander um uh if someone was like so what do you do you know for fun and i says well i do a couple of I do some podcasting and you know role-playing games and miniature gaming they're like you podcast i'm like yeah and it's like, do you like stream it or anything? I'm like, yeah, we do a Twitch stream and, you know, we record it and put it out on, you know, audios. And they're like, well, what platform? I'm like, we're on everything. Spotify, you know, they're like, oh, so you're a professional. I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't edit anything. I just put it together and go with it. It, it is funny, though. I was uh, driving to driving into the office uh, last week and I was listening to the end of one of the podcasts that I hadn't seen and Spotify just went on to the next one. And I heard my own voice coming out of it. I'm like, this is no, no, no this is no. not okay. No, 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 <laughs> no. Cause uh, recently, um, so a friend of mine, um, Jonathan, or it's John is like, it's preferred, uh, has a channel called war budgies, uh, where he does a lot of cool stuff for the Warcaster came by privateer press. And he's actually been featured by privateer press, uh, because he does a lot of, he does, he has this narrative campaign with the game. He uses the miniatures, talks about it, you know, tells a good narrative story with everything. And, uh, so him and I, uh, decided to do a podcast based on Warcaster discussing the game and such. And so this recently we recorded our first episode, put it out, got, got good reviews. Nobody said anything horrible to our face at least. And, uh, they enjoyed it and, uh, we had a blast doing it. It's got some really good starting music. But 
I started it up to make sure everything sounded good on the recording before I let it go out because we did an audio and a video of it and it started going the music. I was like, okay. And I started working and I heard myself and went, nope, click that off. (laughs) Do not want to hear myself talk. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily mind it, but it was just one of those. I'm not listening to myself on my commute to work. No, that's, that's such a. I, I have an ego, not that much of an yeah. ego. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's very few podcasts I listen to anyway. Uh, a couple of friends of mine, I'll listen to theirs when they bring stuff out, and then um, uh, there's a political one I listen to, and then that's pretty much about it. I don't listen to hardly any podcasts. Yeah, I generally only listen to them when I'm driving. Correct. Because I, 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 I have a coworker who will sit and listen to a podcast while he's writing code. I'm like, I don't know how you do that, man. Um, but I generally stick with um, gaming and comedy podcasts. Uh, yeah. But I do have one political one that I listen to as well. So it's like only when I'm driving, though. So Yeah, and I, I don't either... Cooking or driving is why I listen to audio stuff. Yep. I can't do anything else by listening to audio. Like I won't. Hey, I'm listening to an audio book right now, which we'll talk about in the uh, media section. Um, and it's, I can't do it while doing something else. It's just, I mean, I have like a 45 minute drive to work. So I get like, you know, roughly yeah. an hour and a half to two hours mm-hmm. of that every day. So, I mean, I'm okay with that. But other than that, not that, uh, you know. Not that much into listening to audio stuff type of thing. Yeah. Um, do we have any shout-outs this week? I know one actress passed away this week. Or a couple of actresses. I can't remember. Ah, uh, Anne Heche. Yeah. Um, she got into a car wreck, and I guess she was... Um... Under some influence of some yes. sort, allegedly. I've heard there's drugs. I've heard there's alcohol. I've heard there's other things. It, it's just... It, I was just sad to hear it because uh, I did I did like her stuff. Um, and you don't like anybody going out like that, you know? Correct, yeah. Really bad car wreck. And dogs are going crazy. Um, really bad car wreck, and she was under the influence of something. So, sad to hear about that. Um, I saw another one, but I didn't recognize her, and it just kind of just blew through my head. So, if you have one that you need a shout-out, let us know. Um... Other than that, uh, let's get to the very, very important business because I think people are going to be shocked about what they hear uh, between you and I. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking. Um, basically, it's lemonade with a little, a little bit of rum in it. It's not even that strong. It's really just a little bit of a kick. Um, I'm trying to cut back on my alcohol intake for a little bit. Trying to work on some of losing some weight. Things like that. So, cutting back on stuff. <laughs> Alcohol is one you can kind of cut back on. Those are yeah. dead, dead calories. Dead, yeah, dead calories. Really um, I'm doing good old H2O. Um, had to go back to the doctor this week. Um, I thought my allergies were kicking back up. And it's uh, still bacterial infection that I have. Um, I had it, took all the medication, thought it was over with. And... Doctor was like, no, you may have a little bit of allergy, but we think we didn't zap that bacteria out of your body uh, enough. So they gave me this, I mean, these huge horse pills. I mean, things are like two inches long and about five yep. inches thick type. I mean, they're just huge. Yep. And um, 
can't remember what, what, what they were, but they were, he's like, this is only a seven doses and it's one pill a day type thing. And so I got to take that medication. So I'm stuck on H2O as Captain Mizzy says, cause that's kind of how to be right now, whether I like it or not. So, um, guys, we want to make sure that you take care of yourself. Uh, just so you know, uh, if you're feeling sick and you think you might have COVID and you take an at-home test and it comes out negative and you're still sick and you're not sure, go to your doctor. Um, one of the things that we found out this week was that some of the variants um, are not detectable by the, some of the at-home tests. So they're going to be refiguring those out. So just be careful. Um, make sure you're vaccinated and you're protected. Man, my dogs are going crazy tonight. Um but make sure you're just protecting yourself. Uh, make sure you're protecting others. Make sure that you're looking out for everybody. Uh, if you see something different with your friends, just say hi. Check in on them. Make sure they're okay. Um, you know, we're all here. we got to make it happy. So, um, for more than dice, Gonzo and uh, Slade, cheers. Cheers. Um, as far as the, the tests go, too, if you can't get to your doctor in time, uh, if you have a CVS, Walgreens, whatever chain drugstore, yes. call them. They almost all have some level of free or very low cost PCR test available, Correct. which is still much more accurate. Get one of those. Even if you come up with ambiguous results on your at home, get those. Those are the most accurate ones. Be sure. Be safe. Yeah. Because I know that um, that's what I had to do whenever I got exposed at work. Uh, from a lady, they required me to go to CVS to get a antigen, and I'm like, "Yep, mm-hmm. or PCR, I should say, not an antigen, but a PCR." Right. And I was like, "Yep." I had to sit in the drive-through, shove a stick up into my brain. <laughs> Both they're sides not of fun. it. They're not fun, but no. they're worth it. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to wait like two days and got the results back. So, no eh, eh, oh well. So, all right. So let's go ahead and start talking about um, the subject. Um, we're not going to go to the paint cam. I do have to work on some stuff, uh, but it's like not going to be very fun and interesting to look at. I have to take all these little things, which are like gatherings of haystack for warfare weekend. And so all I'm doing is contrast painting those. So we're not going to go to the paint cam. Um, we're just going to sit here and talk about it. But, um, this subject came up because I was reading rules for our die campaign and, uh, of course, the old subject dropped in my head of the D&D trailer dropped. And, you know, people were complaining that druids can't shift into Albar form. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. The rules, as per rules written. And then I saw this one trailer, uh, this one video of a, a, a guy that was dressed in your stereotypical GM outfit and wizard outfit. And was sitting there, and he's like, if I get another call about this damn Albear, And it was like, Wizard <laughs> Windows, you know, answering rules questions. And he's like, yes, we do know that it specifically it says you can't, but magic is a, you know, a wondrous and wild thing. And he says, so they allow it, you know, type thing. And I was like, that's actually a really relevant topic. Mm-hmm. Because there are times when you should let players break the rules. There's times when you shouldn't let players break the rules. And then there's times where you break the rules on purpose because it makes, you know, the game better or whatever that needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Um, I, and I want to cite this specific example. We'll go into it more in, later on, but this is a rule of cool thing, in my opinion. Um, for this owl bear transforming an owl bear, this is a rule of cool. Uh, I'm sure the GM was if, if, if this was a GM thing, the GM was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, you can transform into an owl bear. Just give the person bear stats and let them, you know, have whatever and change you." Know, whatever it didn't matter you can do it that to me was a really cool thing what do you think i think so druids are some of my favorite rule breakers in D. uh in an in-person campaign i had in the before times um <laughs> one free of... covid for people that don't understand <laughs> <laughs> we um I had a group that was mostly new players, uh, but I had one a very experienced player that was coming in. He was, and it was, which was great. If you have a whole bunch of noobs and one experienced player, it makes your life as a GM so much easier in trying to teach. Correct. Well, how to play. Cause he was awesome. He was helping somebody. All right, you're up next. What do you have? Okay. So this spell does this, this is a bonus action. It was awesome. He and I, though, decided to play with his druid character, and I homebrew- he and I homebrewed rules around his druid. And we took away generic wild shape and replaced it with uh, this thing that we named the Ritual of Consumption. And you can actually see it up on D&D Beyond. I made it a public homebrew, where he would, through a ritual, consume the flesh of a defeated creature. Uh, that, you know, within 48 hours of its demise. And then he would be able to transform into that. And because of the limitation, we gave it a little bit of a boost on the beast side. But we also included things that were technically monstrosities. So we didn't do owl bear, but we did some other things. Uh, he did an ankeg, actually, I think it was. Um, and that's awesome um because it kept gave him something really interesting gave me something interesting to work with as a dm provided some narrative uh things behind it so when i saw the owlbear i'm just that's that's all i thought of was cool a variation circle awesome um and my understanding is that the car that the the character is also a tiefling so why wouldn't a tiefling have some sort of weird variation off nature because they are part unnatural as far as the druid circles go? Yeah. Sure. What, what, for people who don't know, what is a tiefling? A tiefling is a, um, generally speaking, a human demonic hybrid is the best way to put it. You, there's some sort of demonic lineage in your, in your ancestry. Um, and you have horns, sometimes you have demonic colored skin, there are certain uh, extra abilities that come from that, so why wouldn't you have some sort of variation there as well? And then I saw the trailer, I'm like, that's really cool, I'm really liking it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. Yeah, and then I made the mistake, I broke rule number one of the internet, and I scrolled down to see the comments. <laughs> and it wasn't, hey, that's really cool. Or Chris Pine is a prancing bard. I can't wait to see that. It's, 
that was an owl bear. I'm like, yes, it was. Yes, yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, and I, but there's so much. Fine. There is a. Slide your break in the, the DM's way. guide. Oh, yeah. Am I? Oh, there yeah. you go. Now you're back. I apologize. Okay. Um, yeah. So my connections have been weird, so I apologize if I do break up. Okay. Um, there's just there's a rule in the DM's guide that says all of these rules can be optional depending on what your dungeon master says. Yeah. Like, cool. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it says. Yeah. It and that's pretty much it says if you don't like it, don't use it. Have fun. Right. Do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And to uh, me. It still doesn't follow outside of the realm of what I would think a druid could do, in my opinion. No, of course because not. Because it's still a semi-natural creature. Yes, mm-hmm. it is a combination of an owl and a bear, but it's still a natural type of creature within the world. Right. It, well, it's not like you're doing a demonic creature or, you know... A druid that could transform into a beholder, for example. Correct, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would be a whole different thing, you know, if they kind of went that. I was like, uh, that's kind of, but, but it's still a natural nature type animal, even though, right. aka, it is a fantasy setting. You know, it still kind of fits in that genre of. Sure. It, it fits with a druid. I think, I think for me, though, and this is where, this is where it all comes down to a very, very simple concept. It looked fun. Yes. That's what it boils down to is, is it fun? Yeah. You know, it's, it's not game breaking. It's, you know, um, we, we do have a decent portion of the community that likes to pick things like that apart. Sure. But is it fun? Those are people think that you can, that, that want to win at a role playing game. Right. Right, and I and I can't say anything. I have I have min max characters because that was the game we were going to be playing. Um, and for min max, I mean you know power uh, making it as within the rules as powerful as possible. Broke and, as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking shit. Um, like destroying an entire town if you get to level five of your. That's oh my god! That's what I love about that game. Are you kidding me? <laughs> when you gave me that that class, I'm reading through it. And I'm like, this no, I am I am here for every bit of this. <laughs> um, I can take on an entire religion, um, which we hopefully this Tuesday will be the end or second to last episode, and we can release it. Because I've had people asking about that episode about our game. Yeah, it as with anything, summer. Um, scheduling gets tricky sometimes. What? <laughs> Getting people together. You know, it's not like February. February, we never missed a single session of a couple of the games I was on. Because what's anybody going to do in February? Nothing. Um, but I, I'm hoping it comes out soon. Yeah. But, I mean, but this is going, it would be a different thing if they were like, and your, your example is correct. My druid wants to transform into a beholder. I'm like, yeah. that That's kind of pushing it, in my right. opinion. 
Doesn't mean that it can't happen, but you gotta. It doesn't fit a druid, in my opinion. Right. An owlbear does fit, in my opinion, what a druid mm-hmm. could do. So I wouldn't have any problems. Just figure out the stats, you know, go with it, let it run, have a good time. You know, Bob's your uncle. Right. And I think that's where you get rules as written and rules as intended type arguments. Yeah. Um, and the spirit of the rule is really what you should go by as a guide. Yes. The, the, the actual wording says a beast, which is a very specific classification in the game system. Um, uh, an example outside of the game system, the D&D game system, is I ran a Monster of the Week campaign for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you raided into us a few times, in fact. Oh, yeah. Um, there were there were times where, you know, I'm like, you know what? That sounds really fun. Let's just do that. And went against the wording of the rule. But, you know what? We just decided to go- run with it anyway because it was close enough. Yeah, you went with the spirit of it. Uh-huh. I think that's a really big kicker is some games, you can kind of break the spirit and it's not going to be a problem. Like I have, and it goes down to the rule of cool thumb that I, we always use. I had a friend of mine that was like, hey, I want to change my magic missile to be, instead of you know a, a light beam, to be like a hammer because so on and so forth. And I'm like, fine. Yep. Type thing. Doesn't matter. I uh, have a, I have a sorcerer from a, uh, a series of uh, improv games that we did one time. Whenever our DM wasn't there on the Pyro Club, we would do these improv games where just come up with a character on the spur of the moment and just wing it, shift the DM around every few minutes, things like that. Uh, I have one that, you know, his name's Steve. He's actually, you know, he's from South Boston and he likes dunks and. Uh, <laughs> He, uh, he doesn't shoot magic missiles, he shoots magic fishels. And it comes out as like, oh, he's shooting four halibut at you. And, things <laughs> like and because it was fun. Is it, the, is it the rule? No. <laughs> is it a great way to, you know, get around the need for create food and water? Yes. Yes. But I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it doesn't matter. Because like I said, this goes back to the rule of cool. It doesn't include anything that shouldn't be in the game you're not changing the magic missile to be it's more powerful yeah you're still it's still the same thing so it's not you know anything crazy and i was like yeah no problem you're you're invoking the rule of cool that's fine you know mm-hmm. it goes like when somebody's saying you know i want to do whenever i'm attacking you know give me the setup and i want to leap around jump off the table and blah 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 and i was like are you bypassing any rule or are you just making this look cool? I'm like, I'm just trying to make this look cool and be right. acrobatic because this is my character's an acrobatic, you know, rogue type. I'm like, fine. You know, no big deal. Rule of cool applies. Go for it. I think that's, that's a, you hit on, you hit on a kind of a subtle distinction right there though, too, is there's flavor and then there's actual cha- avoiding some rules. Correct. You know, in your case, I, would, I might say, you know what, give me an acrobatics check. And I look, and he's got, okay, he's got a 17 dex. That's a, okay, that's an 11 DC. You know, just for the possibility of failure that could be hilarious. Yeah. Um, but there's also um, another one in a, a campaign we just did recently where 
we actually broke the economy of action because it was cool and it was <laughs> hilarious where we had you know this thing's actually a bonus action but you know what this works in theme so yes you can cast a misty step and then do this and then also have something else because why not because it's hilarious yeah um either way you're you're not breaking the game no you're not breaking and you're not trying to gain an advantage right over the rules if you're trying to gain an advantage a whole different story and i got an example of that you know, we oh, always were like, hey, I want to play something really unique and everything to the game. And I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to play an angel. And I'm like, okay, what are the rules for the angel? And he found like some homebrew thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is not going to work as a level one campaign. They were immune to anything that, you know, it pretty much the rules, it was completely fucking broken. Sure. Uh, it was, at first level, you needed a plus three or higher weapon just to damage an angel. They started out with, like, 45 hit points, you know. It was just all this crazy stuff. And I says, mm-hmm. that's just a little too much, because we're just talking about a level one game starting out. You're more of a god. And right. I was like, now, if you want to do something where you gain those powers back, you know, through gameplay or whatever, we can do that. But he was like, no, I just want this right now. He goes, okay, so you're just, you you don't want the rule of cool. You just want to be OP to start off with. Right. The rule of Jim wins. <laughs> um, yeah, but, it, but on the other side of that, though, you do get some interest. You get somebody with an idea like that, but then you, if you spend a little time working it into the game, into a way, like you said, okay, maybe you can regain that. That's where you get stuff like Asimars. Yes. And, and this is way really before those came stuff. out. No, but I'm just saying, but that's, yeah. that's where you get all of these things that eventually work that way is, you know, that would be really cool. How do we work that into the system? So it's not broken. Yes. Like, you could gain your powers back, but it would be through leveling, gameplay, you know, so on and so forth. Right. Like, okay, maybe at level five, you get, you know, X amount of abilities or X thing, not just right off the bat, you, I can't touch you. Because mm-hmm. you're just going way overboard with everything. But this person was a known, you know, power gamer, didn't care about, mm-hmm. didn't care about the story, just wanted to make sure if they rolled max and could auto crit everything, you know, it was just... Yeah. outrageous and I was like and this was, this was a long long time ago before we had Asimars and all that we had just the basic D&D book yep I mean because I've, I've been thinking about because I, I really want to play a game and I want to play a fantasy RPG and I want to play a goblin rogue slash assassin type and I, I, I was like I just got this cool concept in my head and I'm like a lot of places don't let you play a goblin and I'm like well let's work it up right and I think that's what a lot of GMs nowadays are just like, let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Let's not just work. Let's not worry about you have to have this. Let's work it out. Yeah. And I think, I think that that's Hell, hydrate. really the strength of these games though. And you look at, you look at some of the new systems that are out, whether the apocalypse or savage worlds, things along those lines where they are very deliberately, rule unspecific correct (laughs) that's the best way to put Um, it uh to here's a framework 
Um, and I think that's one of the things we miss in conversations around D&D, Pathfinder, Starfinder, uh, is um, rules are a framework that you get to work in. And you as a group, because this is a group game, you get to play with them a little bit. You can change them because it's fun for your group. Um, I'd be willing to bet most of my, the rest of my groups would not be interested in having that druid rule, for example, that I did with my friend. It's like, ah, that seems dumb. I just want to be able to turn into the things like I'm supposed to. I'm like, cool, that's fine. Do that. Uh, this was fun for us. No hard feelings. Yeah. We tend to get into, and this goes into the bigger scope converse, scoped out conversation of gatekeeping, but gatekeeping via rules oh. is, you know, I know uh, you were actually talking about this in a previous episode, talking about how it can be really, really tedious with some of the war games when you have to spend so much time because the rules cost for, call for very specific things, the measurements and all of these arguments breaking out about things, which is fine. That's the game, but it's not accessible. Right. It becomes, and, it, and, and honestly, it's one of the reasons besides the fact that uh, I hadn't, I did not have a good enough job to be able to get into it back when I was getting into <laughs> games. Um, I don't, I don't do that. I just, I'm here to play a game and have some fun. Um, you know, but yeah, you're not giving somebody fireball at their first level or you're not making them a plus three weapon to hit. Um, yeah. Cause it, it just kind of spoils the whole thing. Right. I mean, cause I mean, don't get me wrong. We all want our characters to be able to do cool shit and have cool things and do cool things. But you do have to set some limits to that. Sure. Oh, thank you, Cookie, for the hell hydrate. Yeah, you're late on that, by the way. Slacker. Oh, I'm sorry. I was busy talking, and I missed watching the chat. I apologize. Let's see, I'm I'm chatting and painting, and I didn't miss the chat. Well, you're the pro streamer, remember? You're the <laughs> professional podcaster here. Um, but... You know, there, there's a time also when the GM should break the rules. Um, we which do that all the time. We do it all the time. Yep. People don't, I mean, there's a reason why there's a GM screen. Or there's a reason why you don't roll things in front of the players most of the time. Um, and it's just for the simple fact that you may roll... And uh, it does something extremely bad that could throw the entire campaign off. Like a total party kill that you did not mean to do. Right. Yeah, that actually was something that happened in our uh, Pyro Club campaign before we were doing streaming or anything. Um, the DM misjudged something and a, we were only level three. And we were up against somebody who could cast fireball, and it it was an instant kill on one of the players. Um, I, I there's things like that. I also have you're you're a human as a DM, yes, and you you will you will 
royally fuck something up in, in an account that you write. Um, unintentionally. Where, yeah, no, unintentionally. But then you realize as it's going on, it's like, oh, God. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. This can't happen. Um, there was, yeah, Cookie was Navic's previous character, Eduardo. Um, <clears throat> so I've done the very ambiguous hit point total on the on the boss. Oh, yeah, there's always <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, I, we've done 75 points of them. They're only, a, you know, a, a five-hit die monster. Yeah. <laughs> this one's different. Uh, yeah, oh, well, that takes us back to rules lawyering because I almost never have a standard block for most of the creatures that matter in a, in a campaign. Yeah. Just because I want to keep it interesting. You know, I, I, I play with a number of people who also GM. Yeah. And as much as hard as you try to not metagame, you can't help it sometimes just like, oh, wait. No, that's a CR2. I can just do this, and they're immune to that, so I don't want to do that. But I'll mess around with it a little bit, keep it surprised, keep things going. Um, yeah, right, Asmo? What is a standard stat block? Uh, that's not true for the the minions and things. I generally, because that's a lot of work to redo all of those. Um, but I will, I will sit there and be like, I have a rough idea of how many hit points he this, that he might have as the big bad guy. Uh, if they're doing a lot of damage right off the bat, he has a lot of hit points. You're going to take a while, even though you're throwing a lot of damage at him because um, reasons. He may have, uh, <laughs> you know, he may have some uh, shielding protection on him. Right, 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 right. Uh, and then if they do manage to beat him, cool. They get the little, they get the magic ring that gave him the shield, and you know. Or whatever. It's, there's, there's there's ways to do that. You're going to do that as a GM. You're gonna fudge rolls. Fudge rolls uh, on purpose. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent on purpose. Uh, you like you actually the one you made was a great example. Is uh, oh man, I just rolled two nat twenties in a row. I can't let this second one stand because that's just gonna wipe somebody out and ruin the game. Yeah. Um. You know, there's always a chance of death, but when everything works against a, a single character, that's it takes the fun out of it. You just want to make sure people are having fun. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Even when I play, I don't mind if a character dies. I don't have a problem no. with it. I'm used to it by now. It's not. It's part of my thing. Even though if I love the character, I'm okay with it because that's the thing. Because I don't want to play a game. In my personal preference, I'm going to say this: I don't want to play a game where my character is invulnerable. No, of course not. Of course I don't not. want to. I don't want to be called what's called space cowing, mm-hmm. which uh, is an old thing that uh, my old gaming group came up that I don't want to be killed by a cow that comes from outer space and just lands on me randomly out of the world because the GM's mad at me or whatever. Right. Kill me, you know, give, give, give me a good death or give me a stupid death because I did something stupid. But, you know, I don't want characters to be felt like they're random falling pyramid. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. G- g- give me something that's worth it. I will never space cow anybody. Uh, I will kill characters for story reasons, but I always sure. contact that person going, hey, I really would like... Um, to kill your character for story reasons because it'll make you know the story really good are you up for it and yeah you're nay they'll you know 
Tell me sure. they're not. Okay, no big deal. I'll go to someone else. <laughs> right. But and it's it's funny. I I have in uh, back to the other the other campaign I was on the the Pyro Club campaign. I was the only character who didn't die at least once during the entire campaign, um, and which led to me smack talking because. If you've ever seen me gaming, it's what I do. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things that was sort of like I had no business surviving. And that made it even better for me. If I had died one of those times, uh, and once you get above like a level 12, death is almost never permanent. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. That would have been cool. Going out in a blaze of glory is a, is a fun part of being the hero of the story. Correct. Uh, but having, yeah, having, having the, the space cow or, um, you know, the dragon take two swipes at you, crit both of you and hit you for 150 damage. Yeah. That's just, oh, well, that was bad luck. That sucked. (laughs) That's less fun. (laughs) And that's where you have to hide. That's the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm okay with a GM that has a hidden dice rolls because, a GM, while they are there to play as a bad guy and, you know, make the bad guy stuff, they're supposed to make it entertaining and fun. Doesn't mean that you're always going to live. Right. But does it mean that you're always, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're going to die every instant. Um, you just have to be careful about how you do it and when you do it. Right. And if that's... it's the end of the campaign and you're at the, you know, the last bad guy. Yeah. You get killed. You get killed. Gloves are off at that point. Yeah. Um, this is the end of the story, which I always like campaigns that have an end story in mind. Yep. Makes yep. it a whole much easier on the GM, and it makes it seem really cool. I hate games that just go on forever and ever. And going back to the some of the other systems, it's one of the things that they go out of their way on to make sure is a huge misconception is there's an adversarial role between the players and the GM. Correct. There's an adversary role against the players and the NPC. Correct. That the, the story that the, the world, the GM has made, Correct. but, um, you know, that is, that is not your role in general. You're yeah. not there to kill the players. I have to say that because there was one game that I ran where, we put it out up front that I'm going to make life hard for you. I'm going to try to kill you without, you know, your example of a space cow. So just understand that. Yeah. And everybody's like, yes, we're into this. Cool. Awesome. Well, and there's game systems that are like that. Uh, was it Mork Bork is pretty Mark much? Mork Bork, yes. Yes. Is like, yeah, you're fucked every single step you take. Yeah. And that's fine. You know going into it. Yes. You do know going into that that you're going to be screwed over every single second you touch something. But Um, that's something you also talk about your players before you even get, you know, into it. So as far as as far as when you're GMing, though, um, do you. How do you play looser with the rules with people learning the system? Or people that know the system? Uh, learning the system, the people that know the system. Because if they, I know a lot of people, and this is before recent gaming, that mm-hmm. I knew people that would metagame too much. Sure. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to play looser on 
the NPCs and their health totals and abilities and such because you're metagaming and I'm going to metagame. <laughs> Thanks, Shazza. Love you too. <laughs> um so but i mean for like new players i and it depends on the situation new player comes up and says um i'm gonna you know insta kill this thing well what do you have the insta kill well i have a sword well that's not how this works <laughs> right and i think that's that's where the balance is for me is i don't know i could answer that question very clearly because it's all circumstantial correct it is i might play stronger to the rules when somebody is learning so they learn the framework they learn the rules um and there are times when there's veterans that i will fudge because it's it's not being fun if i don't yeah um I mean, it is situational. Now that I think about it, it's more situational. But if it's somebody that's like really, really brand new to the game and they're like, oh, I thought the spell did this. Can I change my action? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 No big deal. What did you want? What do you want to do? Oh, I want to do this instead. Okay. Yeah. No big deal. It's not a, not a problem. I didn't know that this did. It didn't do what I thought it was. Or, hey. I finally got to reading this spell. This spell doesn't do exactly what I thought it was going to do. Can I change it to a different spell? Yeah, you're brand new. You didn't know that, you know, you know, this did this instead of that. No problem. Usually why whenever I start a game session, my first, like, first time they level up, I'm like, okay, you can change your character now. Because now you know what your character is capable of, and you know that what you did how you built it is not the way you wanted it played. Right. And so, yeah, you can go ahead and change it up. But after this round, it stayed there. Mm-hmm. Type thing. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, um, I'll, I'll do, I'll do retconning too, in a number of cases, you know, agnostic of the, uh, experience level of the player. Uh, especially if, Okay, this is a new class I'm playing. Uh, oh, damn! I, I've been I've been playing a ranger the past campaign, uh, and I'm just playing a sorcerer now. Yeah, yeah, I'll retcon. Retcons are, you know, the easiest break of the rule we can have. I think. Yeah. Especially like somebody says, I thought this class was going to be cool, and it's not. Can I switch? I'm like, yeah. Let's just go ahead and do it. Especially yeah. when it's early on. Especially new players. Mm, Got to swing this whole thing around, like. <laughs> yeah, that, that, there's a lot of hay bales. Yeah, <laughs> type thing. But I mean, when it comes down to it, what you really should be looking at is: is the player enjoying what they're playing? Is the player happy with it? And if they're not, is it a player thing, or is it a class thing, or is it a misunderstanding? And like I says. And this goes all back to the thing of the owlbear. Who gives a damn that it was an owlbear? Right. It looked fucking cool. It was really neat to see it. And it was pretty funny. Um, and I thought one of the cool, well, I think one of the funniest jokes that someone said about the whole situation uh, was that she was a tiefling. And they were like, this is the first time I've ever seen people bitch about a white woman playing a role. Because she wasn't a colored tiefling. 
Well, that was where I was. I'll be honest. That was I. I kind of fell in not in the complaining about it camp. Is my first thing was, oh, is she uh, a fawn? You know, is she yeah. a fae? Uh, because I play a lot of tieflings, and the uh, I I build the coloration of the skin into a lot of the character. There's reasons for it and things like that. So that was my first thought, and then like, but yeah, I don't actually care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's funny is they can be natural human skinned. Uh-huh. Colored. It's just everybody likes to choose, you know, red, black, you know, blue or, you know, whatever, because it makes their character unique. But I'm pretty sure they said we're not going to color her skin because CGI is too much and we're not painting this lady up every single time we need to get her on screen. Right. A.K.A. going back to the uh, mystique from the X-Men. Oh. <laughs> uh. You know, the costume, you know, the, the painting and all that stuff they had to do for her whenever she was in the mystique outfit. Yeah, I I I remember seeing interviews with uh, was it Rebecca Rosham Ramos and uh, Jennifer Lawrence talking about that how yeah. it's four hours in the morning of putting all that on. Yeah, uh, it was amazing. Oh yeah, as looked... far as practical costuming goes, it was amazing. Yeah, but if you don't have to do it, now nah, fuck yeah, it. No, 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 no. I think if they did it now, they would do it CGI because the CGI has moved so much that they could probably do the costume in a CGI. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, actually, if most of it in the most recent one that she was in is like that, too. Yeah. But, but I mean, as a GM, there are time to break the rules, and there's time when not to break the rules. When do we not break the rules? Well, you mentioned one point where it's like there's an end game or a major story point fight for example correct um this is the end of the campaign you're fighting the last bad guy that's controlling yep. all the cards you don't uh, let it slide let people die because hell because one of my things i tell my players is the bad guys don't stop because you go on a separate mission right if i've introduced a story and here's the big bad guy and this is their you know end goal of the entire world the bad guy's gonna not gonna go oh Time out. Let me stop all my plotting, you know, and all that stuff so they can go on their side mission. That's one of my, that's one of my kind of my hard rules is yep. bad guys don't stop because you decided to go chase an artifact down that has nothing to do with the story type yep. thing. That's, that's kind of one of my, my hard rules that I tell players. Mm-hmm. Bad guys don't care. They're going to continue to plot whether you're licking your wounds or whatever. Yeah. And that's one that's one of the rules I really don't stop. Um, there's, I am very very flexible with rules up until about level five or so. Um, once you get past there, any meaningful encounter is going to be by the rules as much as I can. Um, if This is this is a subjective thing, but this is a big thing for me. <laughs> if the player is pissing me off with trying to get around things, correct? I can um, see that. And it's it's more subtle. It's not. It it's like the 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 vague rules lawyering. Uh, type of thing and then I'll be just sort of like well no because if you read the spell it says 
beasts. You can you can only transform something into a beast. Sorry, that's not here. Um, there's going to be uh, no, I I I I really can't allow that. And I'll no, you can't do the double flip off of the wall because uh, it's a really moist cavern and it's very slippery. So you don't think you can judge you judge yourself to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, little things along those lines. Um, I also there's there 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 aren't that many times where I, I would say hard and fast. I will never bring. I will never fudge. Uh, <laughs> but I think that that's that's those are a couple of examples where the other time is too when we're learning a new system. Oh yeah, especially you're learning a new system. Oh fuck, we fucked this up. Let's go, you know, let's fix it now. Yeah. Can't do that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, wait, no, no, I, I can't do that because the rules stay here. 5e, um, Starfinder, Pathfinder, some of those others, I know it well enough that I can still feel the spirit of things. Mm -hmm. New systems, I'm not going to do that. I really can't. Uh, I will stay as much to the rules as I can till we're all comfortable with the rules. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things to say about like new players and letting them break the rules to a point. <laughs> Dogs are going nuts. Dogs like, he, he fudges rules all the time. Don't listen to him. He's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's something, you know, that you, you have to figure out as a GM. A lot of people are like, I think it's funny when everybody's like, oh, I bet you the GM has this planned. I will tell you right now, the best in thing for a GM to have is to be very impromptu and play on the fly. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to. Yeah, you have to. Hell, hydrate. Oh. Um, of course, as soon as, as soon as a player says, uh, if, I, if I as a GM find out the player says, oh, I'll bet he's going to do that, there's a decent chance Maybe I was, but I'm certainly not going to now. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, 100%. Um, try to figure out the baddie type thing. But, I mean, there's got to be, when it comes down to it, you either break a rule or keep a rule, depending on whether it's good for the story, good for the game, or, like you said, a rule lawyer. Oh, you've you've been rule, rule lawyering me the whole time, and now you want to break a rule? Nah. Yeah. But, I mean, th that happens very irregular now yeah. because we're all really kind of picky about who we play with now. Um, yeah. You know, we're like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to – I'm not going to allow this guy. <laughs> to, earlier today, I went to um, the, the my local game store for a paint party. And we have two long tables that we use and people are sitting around there and there's paint everywhere and people are swapping back and forth. There were two games going on nearby and one of them I couldn't help overhearing half of the time. And I'm just sort of like, oh, yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't know how long I could play with some of these folks. Correct. And I realized that I I can do that now. I can have that luxury. You didn't have that luxury before, no, before yeah. the online stuff. And yeah, I still play it in person. I still love playing in person, but I can also be picky about that because I don't, 
I don't I have more choices for the game. Um and I think that's that's actually <laughs> the other time I used to play a lot of the games was if I go to a go to a, a con or something like that and I'll jump into one of those. <clears throat> if I'm running one of those, I tend to stick to the rules for the most yeah. part. Just well, I mean, because that's... I don't know anybody that's there, and yeah. I, I don't know anything, so fall back to the default. Yeah, and that's something that people got to understand that when you go to play at a convention, you're not playing with your buddy. Right. You're not playing with your house rules. They're playing the rules as written mm-hmm. and creating the story. And now they may let some things slide for rule of cool type purposes, sure. but for everything, it's going to be this is the rules, yep. here it goes type yeah. thing. And it's 30 feet, hard, fast rules. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're and, and they have to because you're. Uh, what you have to say? They're on a timeline anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have the game has to be done by this time, and if it's not done, sorry, you know, pack up your stuff. You got to leave because you know it's over. Type thing. Right, and and I was reminded too as we're talking. Um, I have a, a friend who does a lot of in person stuff. Um, he's like, I don't want to play with a, a GM who is hard one way or the other. I want, I want somebody who's flexible. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that, that's what it boils down to is there's times where it's appropriate times. It's not, um, and also go back to the other thing. It's a fucking movie. Correct. (laughs) Somebody jumps in out of the way of a stampeding monster into a gelatinous cube. Yeah. <laughs> because it's funny. Yeah. It's because stupid. It's cool to see. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing you could do, but you know what? I don't care. It's hilarious. It, 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 uh, Chesa says the movie's going to be trash. God, I hope it is in a way because how many of your games haven't had some element of stupid trash to them? Yeah. And I just hope it's it, – it, it's the thing is I when – I, when I first saw the trailer, I says this reminds me of what – if you were to take and put uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as a fantasy setting. Uh-huh, it seems uh-huh. like it's going to be just cool fun, have a good time, you know, see cool shit that we've never seen before. Yep. Um, like one of the things that I thought was really cool, which you don't ever see, was the Black Dragon flying down and not spewing fire. But spit it acid. And I was like, now that's cool. We don't ever see that because all dragons spit fire in every single movie we've seen. So I was like, that's cool. Because that references the rules and kind of sticks with it that they spit acid and not fire. Right. Type thing. And, and I, I was think like, As- Asmo puts it perfectly. I hope it's state fair food level garbage. Yeah. Which it's, is exactly because that stuff is so good. It's so bad for you. It's the perfect mix. Are we, are, you know, it comes down to it. Do I expect this movie to be like a Lord of the Rings? Fuck no. But I expect this to be fun, like a Guardians of the Galaxy type thing. That's like, oh, that's cool. This is fun. This is yep. cool. But I do I expect this to be super serious and you know, you know, crazy? No. No, Chris Pine is a bard. Yeah. Your main when your lead is a bard. <laughs> There's no no nobody who plays D and D seriously is going to go in thinking that this is going to be you know the two towers. 
There's Correct. No way. <laughs> no. You're, you're not expecting to cry or feel hugely emotional with this movie, in my opinion. No. You're supposed to go, that was cool as shit to watch. That was cool. That was cool. Uh-huh. Yes, they did this really neat thing. That was cool, special, you know, that type of thing. Oh, they got the, you know, the dragon breath right on this, which is really yeah. neat. And, and roll your eyes when somebody does something epically stupid yeah. because you've done that epically stupid thing with your campaign. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the fun. Um, and that's, that's what brings me down. I, like I said, I broke the rule and read the comments um, because it, it sucks the fun out of it. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, yeah, no, I, I know, I know that Spider-Man made his own web shooters but Toby Maguire having it just come out of his wrist was cool. It was. It that was cool. Was cool. You're like, I would have never thought about that because I'm used to the web shooters of all the Spider-Man. But come yeah, there. And then of course in the last movie, you know, they played into it was great. Yep. And I was like, you make wait, can you shoot your webs out anywhere else? No, it's just the wrists. And I'm like, that right there Perfect. just was a culmination of it all. It just was great. I yeah. mean, when it comes down to it, there are time to break rules and there's time when not to break rules. Mm-hmm. A good GM will know, and a good player should know when to also. A good right. player should know, okay, that's a little too much. I shouldn't have asked for that. But right. that's something that just you know should come with being a, being a, a good player because you're there to have fun no matter what. You're there to make a cool story. Mm-hmm. Um, people die in cool stories. That's just you know part of it. Very good characters die in great stories and it means something and it should be okay when you do everything. I, I've gone into games fully expecting and actually kind of planning on my character dying. <laughs> um, I went in to this one thing where it was obvious. I'm going in for a suicide mission. I have a way out, but the way out is so stupidly risky. I'm not sure this is going to work. Yeah. Uh, but if I die, it's kind of an awesome way to die. Yeah. Fantastic. I was like, um, you didn't die by a space cow. You died by your own actions going down in a blaze of glory. Right, right. Now, if I take the bad guy with me, far out. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Uh, it reminds me, I played in a Star Wars campaign long, long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. In a galaxy very, very far away. <laughs> uh, it's actually down the street, but that's a different story. Um, but the whole thing was is uh, we were we were all playing Jedi's. It was supposed to be the time like a Knights of the Republic, sure, 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 type thing. So it was all you know purpose, and we were all Jedi's, and we were fleeing the Jedi Temple because it was getting overrun. Because this guy wanted to use the Yuuzhan Vong, which people understand Yuuzhan Vong yep, are yep. our insectoid by thing, and they're ravenous and just kill everything. Um, and the GM was telling us like, yeah, you you know you your best bet is to get to your spaceship and get out and fly away, which we were like, we were all running that way. And he kept on saying that, you know, these hordes of creatures were coming over us and it was going to, you know, swallow us. And I'm like, okay, my character is the self-sacrificing person. So first game session, I self-sacrificed my character. Yeah. So the other party could leave. Now, did I have to do that? No, but does it make sense for my character and the story? Because Mm -hmm. the way the GM said it, hundred percent. Of course. I'm like, yeah, my character died. Who cares? They're like, your character died first game session. Did it me- did it make a cool story? Yes. I'm like, fine. That's I did my job to keep the cool story going. Yeah, it's the 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 um you know the 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 one space marine sitting back as the the HR Geiger aliens are coming in. <laughs> yeah. 
And I was like, I'm just going to slow you down. I'm, I'm hurt. Give me your grenades. Yeah. Perfect. And you don't see what happens. You see the, the, the rest of the cast running away and you hear the blasting, the screaming and the explosion. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that, that makes the story. But I mean, that, and that's the thing is, did I break the rules? Not really. Did I, you know, the GM break the rule? No. But did it, could we still have stood there? No. But right. did it make it good? Yeah, it did. Yeah. And I think that <clears throat> there's also, <laughs> you mentioned something about um, not planning. Sometimes you have to break the rules because the party did something way out of left field. Oh. You have no idea. It goes against every bit of planning you had. But, okay, I've got to do this. Yeah, let's break the... the I'm going to break a couple of rules because that was interesting and I don't have a good way out of this. <laughs> so, sure. And and you run with it. You can't think of all the rules in improving. No. Yeah, like I guess there's, there's, like there's a time. And when it comes down to it, it really comes down to the GM, comes down to your party, and it comes down to who you're playing with. If you got someone yeah. that is strictly 100% by the rules and it's not meshing with your party, they're just in the wrong spot. But if you, you know, but if you're in a party where everybody's like that, like has to be 100%, mm-hmm. nope, you're at 31 feet, this says 30. And everybody right. agrees with it, it's a whole different story. Yep. Um, it's knowing when and how, because when it comes, like I said, it comes down to we're playing a game, yeah. we're here to have fun. We're here to do cool shit because we don't get to do cool shit in real life most of the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, what time is it? Do we get our 8 o'clock? Hey, we're actually it, four minutes over. Let's oh, go to switch. Hey. section because I have like 75 things like normal. Actually, uh, I don't have many course. I have. Um, let me check. Let me see. I have... I did write down some. Uh, one, two, three, four things to talk about. Cool. We'll kick off, kick off, kick off. Um, okay. So we'll keep on the, on the fantasy theme. Um, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman wrote a new book and the audio came out of it. So I've been listening to it on the way to work. Uh, dragons of despair, I believe what it's called. Okay. Um, this happens after the war of the Lance. It actually starts during the Lance, but most of the story starts after the Lance. Uh, what it is, this, um, uh, Nadia Salomnik um, goes out and dies with Sturm on the top of the uh, thing when he dies. And he's one of the people that dies with him. But during this time, he has a daughter before all this happens. And she's raised kind of in a knightly way. So she, you know, is outside of the, the realm, not the petticoat wearing, you know, courtly lady. She's more like shield maiden type. Yeah. The Salamnic equivalent. Yeah. Uh, even though she knows she can never be a knight, but she right. you knows how to beat people up with sword and shield and, you know, takes it pretty seriously. And um, she's supposed to inherit um, everything when he dies because he didn't have a son. And so he goes out, he writes a will, writes everything out that leaves everything to her in case he dies. And he dies and the will is no longer found. It got destroyed, so on and so forth. And so she learns about the device of time turning that Tasselhoff Burfoot has um, or had. And she's going to go get that and go back in time and save her father so it never happened, so on and so forth. Um, the story starts off kind of slow. And 
it, it was kind of like, oh, we're building a lot, building a lot, building a lot. And I, you know, if I was reading the book, I, I'd keep going. But as I was listening to it, I was like, man, it's good writing. But it's like, get to the fucking fun. Get to the cool story shit. Yeah. Um, get to what Dragon, makes Dragonlance Dragonlance. Yeah. And once they finally got there, I was like, yes, this is great. Of course, you know, the... Tasselhoff makes an appearance as a major character in this one again because you know Taz. Taz is, you know... Nobody uh, hates Taz. Everybody no. loves Taz. Yeah. And it was it was good. I'm not done yet. I'm, I've got, only got like a few hours left on it. But, like I said, it takes a while to start up. But once it does and it gets back into all the people and really gets the ball rolling on the story, it does really, really well. And I'm just like laughing my ass off. I'm thoroughly enjoying it and getting the emotions. Cause this is a character. She's lost her entire, you know, keep. She's lost her name. She's lost her family, all this stuff. And she's desperate to get her father back. So she's doing stuff that she should have never done as a nightly person because she's in so much pain. But some of the things that happen in this, I'm not going to spoil it. Cause I know some people might want to read it and listen to it. It's just been really good once it starts rolling. Uh, really makes me feel like I mean I've missed missed Dragonlance, and I can't wait until the new book comes out. I want that so bad. Yep. Uh, and I don't want to run it. I want to play in that game. I want to play in that world so bad. I don't want to run that game, but I'm going to buy all the books. Yep. So uh, I'll give a full rule once I'm full. You know, leveling on it whenever I finish the entire thing. Um. But I'm enjoying it. Once it started rolling, it was really good. So. Yeah, that that's that's funny because I'm um, one of the things that I did this this past week was uh, I finally got to binge the newest season of Umbrella Academy. Okay. Um, that hit that exact same tone for me. It started out, you know, awesome. Yeah, great. This is perfect. And then it hit this slow period in the middle where I'm like, okay, no, this is fine. You have to build some story. Yep, there's some exposition. Cool. Great. Okay, now we're back to the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're back to the cool shit again. <laughs> um, which was one of the complaints. Like, and it I, I, it was an exact parallel to my experience with some of the hey, Danny, uh, original. Oh, hey, Danny. Uh, the original Netflix Marvel series, the um, uh, Daredevil, Luke Cage, gotcha. that, those series there. There were times where I'm like, in the same tone of voice as this meeting could have been an email, uh, this could have been a six-episode series. Yeah. Um, and I, But I still enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I absolutely loved the way they handled Elliot Page's character. Correct. Um, the entire thing was done all in all, end to end, very well written, very well done. The actors actually, I felt, are were more into their characters than they had any other time during the series. Because um, before that, really, it was Page and number five were the only ones that had I felt deep characters. Uh, Klaus, I have I, I have a dissertation on Klaus, 
because the actor that played Klaus was in a series on BBC called The Misfits. The arc of those two stories are so similar, but you don't see it coming. Um, and if you, I, I don't want to say more because I don't want to spoil either series. The first two seasons of The Misfits are some of my favorite superhero-esque uh, television ever. So please go watch it. Um, <laughs> Five and Klaus and are my favorite. It. Yeah. Klaus, Klaus is excellent. Um, I, I have a soft spot for, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. Number one, the big dude. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank on his name. I have a soft spot for that guy because he's just he's he's trying he's trying man <laughs> he's trying God love him bless his heart he's trying yeah he is Luther, thank you Mizzy I, I drew a blank I, I have a soft spot for Luther um, he wants to do good and he just gets fucked over so much <laughs> yeah no I I really enjoyed it um, you know. Uh, like I said, though the 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 slowdown in the middle gives it gives it a half herpy, I think. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I really really had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it, I I think last season, especially the very beginning, that first episode, the dance sequence, I was like, holy fuck, this is great. This is so wrong, but so great. And and the way they resolved the sequence, yeah. made it even better. I yeah. loved it. <laughs> someone did post up and i thought it was funny talking about the characters was five uh five playing uh robin the uh, not dick grayson robin the one that was after that uh the one that's uh, a kid the tim scott or yeah scott was no tim scott was an adult uh damien damien Uh, because he's like really because he you know he's a smaller human you know his Uh stature is very thin and very small and i was like yeah someone posted a picture of it i'm like yeah i can see him playing yeah. Damien Robin. Yep. I was like, yeah, it was, uh-huh. it was one of the cool things someone posted up and I thought that was great. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Cause there's the, the Titans series has that character in it and I can see that actor playing it even better than the actor they have who's really good. Yeah. hundred percent. I could see that. Um, let's see. What was it? I did watch, um, Disney plus has the, I am Groot series on there. And uh, I Am Groot is pretty much um, five-minute episodes. It's like five five five-minute episodes. Okay. Of just Groot doing shit, you know, doing Groot shit. And that's the best way to put it. I mean, you can watch the entire thing in like 30 minutes. The entire series in 30 minutes. And it's supposed to be. It's cute. I mean, you know, whatever. It was all right. Um you're not going to, it's not meant to, you know, expand the universe or, you know, whatever. It's just meant like, here's Groot. We're going to do some cool stuff with Groot. We're going to make this super cute. He's going to do cool things. And, oh, yeah, Rocket's going to be in this episode or, you know, they're going to have, you know, this person or that person or whatever. But, I mean, it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. I mean, would I have rather had a Groot TV series? Sure. Um, but it was, like I said, just five minute episodes of Groot. So it's just nice and cute. You really can't give any bad rating for it. Sure. Because it's just little shorts Mm -hmm. for, you know, to go, oh, he's so cute and shit. He did that. Okay. Type thing. Similar to the, in in that kind of spirit to the web episodes for Thor, 
when he like moved in with that dude who was an accountant. I don't, uh, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, so there's a series of web shorts that happen between Thor. I think it's Thor of the Dark World and the Avengers. Um, and it's basically he moves in with this guy in New Zealand or Tasmania. I forget which it is. And it's just this regular guy who was looking for a roommate. And now he has Thor, who is like the worst roommate. <laughs> and it's, it's wonderful. Uh, if you get a chance, I don't remember the name, but if just like the Thor web series, it's wonderful. Um, and it's the same thing, though. Doesn't expand the universe. Yeah. It's dumb, <laughs> but it's fun. Well, it's like, what was it? Doug, the up dog. Yeah. That was um, just like those. They were just quick little five minute shows that were just a little fun type thing. So, I mean, you can't give it any negative. No. In my opinion, because there's nothing given negative on it. It's just quick little fun stories. Yep. So, um, what you got I, next? <laughs> Part of my binge fest was let's let's ruin some of my younger days. <laughs> I had not seen the Jurassic World movies. Gotcha. I watched all three of them. Back to back, <laughs> not not in a single day. Just like as soon as the one finished, I picked up the next one and I started watching it. Gotcha. Um. Oh God. <laughs> I wanted to love these movies. They're not. Good. I loved. I loved some of the parts of those movies. Yep. But the rest of the time, I'm like, oh, please, no. Suspension of disbelief is fine. I am happy to suspend disbelief. Yeah. I'm watching a movie with dinosaurs you grew from frog DNA out of him. <laughs> cool. I'm going in checking half of my brain at the door already. Yeah. Um, I loved the first movie. I kind of liked the third, but the rest of them were just sort of like, ugh. I dug the idea of the character who raised and tried to train intelligent dinosaurs, which happened to be raptors from birth. Yeah. I'm down with this. But man, no, stop, please. <laughs> After a while. Um, it's not really spoiling anything at this point. There's, there's a, there's a period in this sequence where dinosaurs get loose in the real world. Yep. And are running free. Um, and there are times I'm like, but that's not. I can't even suspend disbelief for some of this. <laughs> I enjoyed them. They were dumb fun. It was nice in the third one to see Sam Neill and Laura Dern. Mm -hmm. um, and Ian, you know, the character Ian back in there causing problems um, and being the character that I loved in the first one. But I, I, I don't recommend it to for your mental health sake. Uh, everybody that I've seen that. that. Yeah, everybody know that's seen the last one are like, yeah, this is bad. Oh, it was just... The, so like I said, suspension of disbelief will carry you so far. Yep. And I loved the movie that gave us space herpes ice pirates <laughs> and i couldn't in i couldn't really say i enjoyed the last one of that series yeah so all right so give the last one hey v 
the first one I will give one. Okay. RP two, because it was it's a formula, and that's fine, mm-hmm. and it was good, and the park, the people are threatened, fantastic, cool. The third one gets two and a half. <laughs> And the middle one gets about one and a half because the whole thing around the story of the auction and things like that was just awful. Yeah, yeah. But it was still kind of a dumb, fun kind of way. The stop us, please, please stop. <laughs> the characters, I loved seeing them. That's the extent of it. Yeah. <laughs> What's my other one? Um. So I've watched. Um. The series finale of Lock and Key. Um, Lock I and Key. That. That's next on my list. Um, so this was the final series, final season, um, mm-hmm. which is good because I don't like it when they just try to thing <coughs> keep them going. Um, I enjoyed season one a lot. I'm going to tell you right now, season one was great. Season mm-hmm. two was it was okay, um, yeah. better than the stick in the eyeball. Um, mm-hmm. Season three was okay. It wasn't great. Yeah. It was just okay. You got to end of the story. Everybody's done. It's all good. So on and so forth. Um, it was just all right. It, it gives me my meh rating, my 2.5. It was yeah. just okay. I'm glad it got over. Glad it got done. But for the most part, eh, all right. I'll deal with it later. Yeah, that's the thing. And hey, V, how you doing? Uh, v, I did read some of the comics. I didn't get into it as much. Uh, so I don't know if the end is true to the comic or not. So don't quote me on that. Um, I just know that I read, like, I know I read some of the first ones because I remember it. But was it cool? Yeah, it was all right. But like I says, it it just kind of, it felt like it was rushed. Best way to put it. Like, yeah, we know we have to, this has to be our final season. Let's just kind of rush everything along. We don't care about story and plot, really. Yeah. <laughs> and character yeah. building. I have a, I have, a, I, I like the series in general. Um, I loved the first season. I think I kind of probably liked the second season more than you did, but I can understand. But I, I, I wasn't, I, it wasn't season two of Stranger Things, for example. Correct. But it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm looking forward to this, A, to just see how they resolve up the story. I will probably hate portions of the way they resolve the story, but that's fine. I'm that kind of nerd. Um, uh, I haven't talked about Sand... We haven't talked about Sandman yet. I haven't seen it. So, I don't know if you've watched any of it. Um, I'm actually going to... When you're done with your review, I'm going to give... Unless you're you're done, I've got another review. Um, I will say I watched a movie that is out of my norm. Mm-hmm. Um, it had, the reason I watched it was it had two actors. I really, really love one of whom I knew going in, it was going to be a bit of a mind fuck type thing. Cause it was Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. So anything with Tilda Swinton in, I'm going to enjoy that mind fucking. But because she's just that in those kinds of characters and that kind of movie and those kinds of roles. Um, but it was it's called Only Lovers Left Alive. And it is the basis is Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton are vamp, you know, very old vampires um, that are married 
their friend their their best pal is Christopher Marlowe who uh you know is played by John Hurt so I'm like this is a this is going to be a cool movie Anton Yelchin was in it as well it was so weird <laughs> dude even by the standard of going in knowing it's going to be weird it was so weird it won all kinds of awards um, and I understand why it is as a film person, a good movie. It is so weird. Don't go in looking for Loki or, uh, you know, her character from Dr. Strange. <laughs> this is a bizarre fucking movie. It was a good, bizarre fucking movie though. <laughs> um, uh, I will give it only one space herpy because i did not care and if anybody watches it i don't want to spoil it sorry till this no siri shut up um the the tilda swinton's sister is a character and she's also one of the vampires i did not like the her her story arc and it really took me out of the movie for a little bit that's the only reason it gets any any sort of things at all if you're down for a weird movie knowing full well tilda swinton is a weird well it's weird by her standards <laughs> catch that movie it's i saw it on hbo max um uh, it's it's i think it's a couple of other places too i think yeah, I, I think i saw that and i just didn't register it um okay so i i did do a review of sandman last week uh but i'm gonna give another one because i rewatched it uh so no spoilers still because i know some people are still getting through it um, I love this series. I don't care what anybody says. I, I mean, everybody that I've seen that's watched it has enjoyed it so far. I don't think I've seen hardly any negative reviews from my side. Um, they picked the perfect actor to play Sandman. Um, I mean, physically, you know, the look they got him spot on perfect. There is no if, ands, or but about it. Um, whoever their special effects team for all this is amazing. They Whatever they paid them, they need to pay them double. Because it is unbelievably great. Um, I've watched it twice. I hardly ever watch a series more than once. Um, unless it's been like many, many, many years. But I was like, done watching, going to go again. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really, really love this. Um, I'm sure it's going to get renewed for another season. Um, there's too much. People have been talking about it too much. People are enjoying it. I mean, I just goo goo and gaga everything that happens, uh, getting to see everything. Uh, I think it's episode four or whichever one they go to hell in is my favorite episode by far. Um, and like I said, no spoilers, but it is unbelievably really, really good. I enjoy the ever-living crap out of this series. Um, Story-wise, character-wise, settings, special effects, everything is spot on. Uh, I never read like a ton of Sandman comics. Uh, read some when it started out and, you know, kind of let it. And, of course, a lot of people are big fans, so I was like, I knew about it, knew what was going on. But I was like, man, this is so good. Great geek storytelling, great special effects. Highly, highly recommend. Yeah, I, I, I've I, read a little bit of the comics. Um, 
uh, Neil Gaiman can be hot and cold with me mm -hmm. um, type of thing. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And it absolutely will be reviewed, renewed rather, uh, because Netflix is super, super careful of numbers. They don't publish numbers. Yeah. Uh, they can't help but do that in this case. They're, they're, the numbers have been awesome for it. Oh, yeah. So just that alone, it will get renewed. And judging by all the reviews, and the reason I haven't watched it yet is I need to block that time where I know I'm not going to be interrupted because I want to get into this. Yeah. Uh, for me, a lot of shows, uh, it's very much I watch through listening because mm -hmm. I can't concentrate on just the episode this is a series where i'm like ding my eyes are not yep. going anywhere my phone's away you know i'm locked in and i'm there yep yeah so. and that's that's why i've 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 watched the the next thing i'm going to talk about and actually i think it's my last one is because i was able to do that back and forth and sort yeah. of watch while listening was uh the gray man um Man, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it. It's on my it's on my list. <clears throat> it's it it is uh it's a it's a James Bond esque meets um Ryan Reynolds action type movie. And it's just it is it is a fun movie. Is there dumb things in it? Yes. Is there suspension of disbelief? Sure is. Is there plot armor around the characters? hundred <laughs> percent i did not care it is just a fun fun movie um and seeing chris evans as a sociopath is so much fun he's he you, know, you you see him coming off of the human torch and captain america and even though some of the times he hasn't played the most wholesome characters it's nothing like this Knives out. you know they're having fun yeah, you know they're just having fun with it, and you're going to enjoy that movie. There's a scene in, I think it's Prague, where they just destroy half of the town, in a, like uh, Goldeneye with James Bond in the tank. <laughs> it's the same kind of sequence where you're like, this is so stupid, but I'm here for every minute of it. And I was. I I have nothing bad to say about the movie because it, it, it is exactly what it purports to be, and I had a blast watching it. Yeah, that was on my list. So, how are we doing? Oh, well, that's pretty much our show. Um, I have another one, but uh, it is a TV show, and I'll wait till the end of that, and we'll, we'll review it next week. Um, guys, we appreciate you coming out, listening, and watching on any platform, whether live or not. It doesn't matter. We enjoy that you're here. Um, Stay tuned for next week. We, I have no clue what we're doing next week and who's all going to be here. Um, <laughs> it could be somebody new again. Pro streamer. Yeah. That pro <laughs> streaming ability. Uh, who can we send y'all off to? Jim, you got anybody we can send people off to? Uh, let's take a look here. Um, I actually, let me refresh. I usually have my following live open because that's how I'm a pro streamer. Uh, let's see. Who can we send folks off to? More than dice. Uh, they're lame. Yeah, they're lame. Um, I don't have anybody. I I have a couple of people that are like D and D games, but they're not the they're not the same as um as the folks you usually try to go into. But there is one. Um, Little Bones three oh nine is a friend of mine. 
Uh, she does some variety. She also does some D&D. She's currently in a Descent to, uh, into Avernus game right now. Um, you say Little Bones 309? Little 309. Bones 309. Yep. All right. We're going to raid them. Um, so stick around. And we'll see what's going on. Um, everybody, we appreciate you. Like I said, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate everything that's going on. Make sure you stay around so you can go over there and hit a follow and like for then. Um, please take care of yourself. Look after yourself mentally, physically. Look after your health. Feel something wrong. Say something. Um, look after each other. Um, for more than dice, I'm Gonzo. And I'm Slade. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Anytime, Slade. Good night, folks. Hit that raid button. Hit that raid button. Like and subscribe. <laughs>